Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Thursday, April 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're back after a couple of days off. Uh, the Guardians were in Cincinnati, and uh, they brought their bats with them from Kansas City in the last two games. Uh, the offense kept going, and uh, it, it was just a, a, a hit parade both games in Cincinnati. Uh, the Guardians took both uh, meetings and and head home uh, with an off day today, uh, looking to open up the series against San Francisco with the home opener and, and just riding a, a, a real good wave and feeling good about themselves. Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's so it, they've won four straight, you know, after, uh, you know, get, being limited to one run in 19 innings in the first two games of the season. I mean, they, they the offense has been on fire since then. Um, you know, just uh, what uh, I think they've scored 37 runs or maybe on 58 hits in the last uh, four games. So uh, just, uh, you know, just and all hits of all variety, home runs, tri- triples, doubles. I mean, extra base hits, just, you know, just really a fun, a fun, you know, offense to, to watch unfold and, you know, un- unexpected, I would have to say. Yeah, when uh, when you're winning and when you're hitting the ball over the ballpark, things are a lot of fun. And, and right now, the Guardians' offense is the best in baseball after after one week. So you know, let's see how long this lasts. And let's see how long they can sustain this. But after one week, uh, the Guardians lead all of baseball in batting average, RBI, runs, on base percentage, OPS, hits, and triples, and they're second in the league in home runs and slugging percentage. It's it, it, it's mind blowing to think right now that, you know, this was like you said, the first the first two games of the season, they managed one run and it was it, all the thoughts were, were, were coming back to us. You know, is this going to be the feast or famine offense? Is this going to be uh, a team that has to win games three to two and was going to lose games, you know, two to one all, all, all season long and struggle to score runs? Hoinsey scoring that one run in in the first two games it it felt like an accomplishment when they did score that run now you look up and it's like runs are coming uh, at a at, at a it, it's like they can't turn the faucet off 
308 average, 44 RBIs, 45 runs scored, uh, 383 on base percentage, an OPS of 907. They lead with 70 hits. They have the most hits in baseball right now. Nine home runs and a 524 slugging percentage. It's I I, I can't explain it. And then you uh, you look at individually, Joe. Um, Jose Ramirez is hitting 480 with three home runs, 14 RBIs. Um, Mercado, Oscar Mercado, who you know a lot of people we were you know we really didn't even know if he would make the club or you know how long he'd stick on the roster. He's hitting 200, but he has three three home runs and nine RBIs. Owen Miller, who you know kind of just. You know, we thought he was a flash in the pan, you know, kind of a 4A player, you know, based on his what he did last year. Now he looks like, uh, you know, he's chased Bobby Bradley off first base and he's hitting 524 with two home runs, six RBIs. Uh, Quan, of course, has been like the story of the, uh, the first week, first week and a half of the season, 526. Rosario's hitting 357. Straw had four hits. You know, well, Wednesday in in, uh, in Cincinnati, he's hitting 360. It's you know, it's been up and down the lineup. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into Quan uh, and Miller here in, in, in a second, but uh, Jose uh, Ramirez, you know, after he signs that big contract, and you think, uh, okay, well, maybe there's a little uh, bit of regression, or maybe he lets up. Uh, no, he's he's leading baseball in hits and uh, RBIs and. And right now he's even hitting the ball to the opposite field with power. Uh, he hit a ball out of the ballpark yesterday uh, to right center field, batting right-handed. And that was, as Tito said after the game, that was his prettiest swing as he's ever seen Jose take from the right-hand side of the box. Yeah, and it just looks like when you get behind him in kind of a game situation, when uh, there's a runner on base and, and the, it's a big situation, you know, and, and it, it, you feel bad for the pitcher because, you know, it's just, you know, he, he's really a smart hitter. He gets, he forces hitters, I mean, pitchers into his, his kind of accounts. And when, when he gets a pitch, he doesn't miss it right now. He's, he's really a dangerous hitter right now. So right now the, the starting off, uh, I'm sorry, the, the starting rotation uh, has had its has been limited in in their outings. Uh, Tito is through that first time through has really stuck to those sort of pitch counts. Yesterday we saw Tristan McKenzie go uh, 67 pitches, and and Tito said because of the way he was used that first time out as sort of that piggyback role, uh, it didn't allow them to stretch him a little bit more. Uh, so that's why he only went four innings. But you saw Eli Morgan come in. And, and right now we were talking uh, before we came on here and started recording uh, Eli Morgan and Logan Allen both have wins uh, already for Cleveland. And if you want to talk about the two guys who probably benefited the most from the 99 day uh, major league lockout, uh, it might be Eli Morgan and Logan Allen who have gotten an opportunity to come in and contribute, uh, you know, not necessarily as starting pitchers, as you know, you know that they want to, to be in the, in that role, but, uh, Tito thinks that Eli Morgan can be a weapon and he's proven it in, in both of his outings so far. Yeah. You know, uh, we saw Logan Allen in that, uh, 10 to, uh, 10 to seven wins Sunday in, in Kansas city, he kind of came in and calmed the waters with two scoreless innings. He gets the win. Um, you know, and, uh, and yesterday, uh, 
you know, um, Eli Morgan, you know, what goes uh, three innings, I think it was yesterday, yesterday or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, he, he goes three innings and gets the win. And, you know, Morgan is throwing, what, five innings so far this year, uh, one run. Um, Allen has thrown two scoreless innings. And, you know, those guys that are kind of starters by trade and are being carried, uh, you know, as the ex- kind of the extra arms with security, the safety nets in the bullpen to protect the starters, you know, they're, they, they've done a nice job. They, they've really pitched well. They've, and they've done exactly what uh, – you know, Terry Francona and uh, Carl Willis wanted him to do. Yeah, and, and for a guy like Eli Morgan, you know, there might be a time where he's pitching in AAA this year. There, there, The numbers game might have to force him to go down there, but that that uh, everything that you're seeing right now proves to, uh, you know, Tito, but it also proves to Eli Morgan that he belongs up here and that he can he can get guys out. He, he did it, uh, you know, pretty – Pretty uh, a pretty outstanding job there uh, in, in yesterday's game, uh, pitching out of that role. He said he likes, you know, he said he gets a, a shot of adrenaline uh, pumping through him when when his name gets called while he's out in the bullpen. So, uh, you know, it helps him get get started and get going. And it was it was fun to see him go out there and, and just uh, make he makes guys look so silly with that changeup. It's so good, and and you know the, the guys just swing at it. Uh, we do want to get back to talking about though um, Stephen Kwan and just, you know, try to, we, we will talk more about him hopefully uh, tomorrow with a special guest here on the podcast, but uh, you know, what Kwan has been able to do so far uh, through his first six major league games uh, it's, it's off the charts. It's unexpected. And I don't think anybody saw this coming uh, except for Terry Francona who put him in the starting lineup from day one, which is just amazing. Yeah, you know, he came, he went in there, he got in, what, he started in right field in the opener ahead of uh, Bradley Zimmer, and after the game, Bradley Zimmer was gone, and, and the outfield spot belonged to Quan. So, you know, obviously they saw something that, that uh, you know, they were ready to make that move, and Quan uh, certainly hasn't disappointed them. Yeah, now there was a, a lot of debate over the uh, 116 pitches that he saw without a swing and miss to begin his major league career, what were they, was it a record? Was it, you know, did he swing and miss at a pitch in the first game of the Cincinnati series? Uh, I, you know, as we're there, as we, we've watched replays, we've talked to uh, experts, we, we've even gotten, uh, you know, a direct quote from Stephen Kwan that said he swung and missed at the pitch. He thought he did. Uh, but the official record has it at uh, 116. Uh, he, he, didn't swing on that check swing in the first in the, in the second inning. I'm sorry, in the third inning of the first game of the series. Uh, but then yesterday, he swung through a pitch and he still tipped it. That that was the amazing thing was he still got a bat on the pitch, uh, but it counts as a swing and miss because it wound up in the catcher's glove. Yeah, I mean this guy is you know he's so disciplined in his approach. Uh, you know he he, he rarely t- you know we haven't seen him take a bad at bat really. I mean he's just. He puts the ball in play. He walks, uh, you know, great on base percentage. And he just sets that whole offense up from the number two spot, Joe. Him and Straw, you know, in the, in the first and second spot. And then you've got Jose waiting in the number three spots. That is a lethal, lethal, you know, combination right now. I mean, there was a moment in yesterday's game where Miles Straw had, had let off the inning with a single. He had stolen second base. 
and Quan was at the plate, and all he did was get the bat on the ball, put it in play, and he moved Straw to third base with by by putting the ball in play. There were times last season where the Guardians struggled to do that. This team struggled to put the ball in play and get productive outs to to move guys around. And, you know, in a situation like that, you would have seen a guy strike out in that position and it would have been just a completely wasted at bat. If Stephen Kwan is going to give you at bats like that consistently throughout the season, we're talking after one week here. This is, you know, we're trying to, to project and speculate, but if he's going to be able to do that all season long, how do you move him out of that spot? How do you move him anywhere? How do you give that outfield spot to anybody else but Stephen Kwan if that's what he's delivering for you? Yeah, you know, that's a number two hitter. That's what you're, you do as a number two hitter. And, uh, you know, he just lengthens that whole, that whole, instead of the top four hitters being dangerous, now you got the top five hitters because you move Rosario down to the numbers, what, five, five or six spot behind yeah. Re- Reyes. And Reyes had, really hasn't even gotten going yet, Joe. So, you know, this is an offense that's, you know, clicking but could get better. Yeah, and you want to talk about getting better. You talk about Owen Miller. Uh, this time last year, Owen Miller was starting off the season at AAA, and he was putting up numbers like he's putting up right now. He was hitting the ball all over the ballpark, hitting with power. Every one of his hits was going for extra bases. If it wasn't a home run, it was a double. And he he was sort of forcing Cleveland to promote him, and, and eventually they did. And then when he got up here, his batting average and, and everything else was just not what they expected. Uh, he was up and down throughout the season. And, and he really entered training camp with big question marks because they didn't know, you know, is this guy going to be a productive major league hitter like they thought he would be? Or was it all smoke and mirrors from, from AAA? Uh, it looks like after this, uh, the, these last six, these first six games of the season, that this is a kid who can really hit in the majors. Yeah, you know, and I think you know sometimes you see this, Joe. I mean, uh, no matter how good a player is or how much talent he has, the first time he gets called to the big leagues, it doesn't work out. You know, you you've got to get rid of that nervousness. You've got to get the awe knocked out of you. You know, and just say. Hey, it's just a game. I belong up here. It's the same game. I played, you know, at AAA, at AA coming up through the minors. And it takes a while. And maybe that's what happened, you know, with Owen Miller. Uh, you know, he he went through it last year, kind of got his baptism. And he came back this, this year, had the great spring like he did the, the year before. And uh, it's just carried over into the regular season. He looks like a guy that feels like, okay, I know I can play up here. You know, this isn't a, bu- a level too high for me. I know I can, I know I belong. So, so much was made about Quan's first week and his first five games reaching base at least three times in each game. And, you know, the, all these eye-popping numbers about his on-base and his, you know, not striking out and, and all that. But listen to, listen to Owen Miller right now. He's fourth in baseball and batting average, third in, uh, with a 524 average. Uh, he's third in baseball in slugging percentage, 1048, third in OPS, 1593. He leads the majors with five doubles, and he's third in hits overall with 11. That's that's after one week. And, you know, obviously, once he once it goes around the league and he's he's had some experience with the league. So other other teams are going to know 
other strategies to get him out, but he's hitting the ball to the right side of the field and he's pulling balls with power. And, and that, you know, just the fact that he hits to all fields is something that Terry Francona keeps reminding us about. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like the fact that he's driving the ball, Joe, this year, you know, like you said, the doubles, the home runs, we didn't see that, you know, last year, you know, he, we saw him in spring training last year, he was getting hits all over the place, but they weren't necessarily, you know, extra base hits. And, uh, but, you know, this spring and, uh, you know, so far into April right now in the regular season, you know, he, he's, you know, he's an extra base threat now. And, you know, that, that makes him very, very dangerous. You know, if you're a first baseman or wherever he ends up playing, you know, he's, he's, he's shown some pop. Well, I think right now, probably the, the worst possible timing for an off day was today. Uh, before they came home uh, to, to open up the season at home uh, tomorrow on Friday against the Giants. I, I think as hot as this offense has been, we understand, you know, they've, they've been on the road. They were in, you know, Phoenix to, to Kansas City for a week. And then uh, and then uh, two days in Cincinnati, these guys want to get home and get rested and all that. I understand that. But man, breaking up that momentum I I, I really gotta gotta wonder if if they would really want to be playing tonight uh just to just to get out there and and keep that feeling going yeah they're rolling and uh yeah that I mean that might be uh you know you, you run into a hot pitcher that might a day off day could do the same thing to you but I think the way this this offense is clicking you know for the home opener it'll be a sellout crowd they should be uh, they should be ready for that. They should you you would think they'd be you know they'd have their antennas up and uh, that they, they would be in a good frame of mind to keep this rolling. Uh, remind us uh, at some point either tomorrow or uh, for tomorrow's podcast or uh, sometime next week we need to talk to and talk about Chris Valleca and what uh, what difference and what impact he's made uh, just here in the early going. Uh, let's let's maybe get through the next uh, three games and see uh, how how Cleveland fares, and then we'll maybe talk about Valleca and and what he's been able to do. Uh, that looking ahead right now to this weekend, obviously the Guardians are going to open up the home season on Friday night, uh, night game against a National League opponent. So of course it's a home opener, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Giants in town, and it's Zach Plesac versus Carlos Rodon. Now, funny, uh, today is Thursday, April 14th, a year ago, exactly a year ago today, uh, Zach Plesak and Carlos Rodon was the matchup in Chicago. I was out there freezing my tail off watching that game from the uh, the press box at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field and watching Carlos Rodon nearly throw a perfect game, did throw a, a, a no-hitter, and Zach Plesak got torched in that game. Uh, lasted two thirds of an inning, the shortest outing of his career. Uh, Yerman Mercedes hit a home run, I, I, I remember, and uh, that was just a, an all around awful night for Cleveland. Uh, tomorrow night, hoping to be a, a little bit better. Yeah, you know, and uh, Plesak, uh, you know, of course, uh, he, with Rodon, that started a, an unfortunate streak for uh, Plesak, where what three times in, in his starts. Uh, the then Indians were no hit. So, and, and Rodon did it once. So hopefully history doesn't repeat itself. 
And uh, but Plusek has pitched well this this you know this season or so far this season this young season. Um, you know he, he went uh, six scoreless. Yeah, so he's he's done a nice job. I think he's and he looks ready. I talked to him. He's excited about the home opener, and uh, you know so he's going to face the Giants. I think he maybe faced the Giants not not this spring but last spring. So maybe a little familiarity with them, but uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to sell out crowds. So it'll be fun. It'll be a, a good night. And I think, uh, you know, it's not, and Plusek is, you know, he's pointed in the right direction to pitch well, for sure. Well, that's good. He's going to need it. And and, and I think uh, Plesak and the Guardians in general are going to have to be on their toes because uh, San Francisco is coming in as probably one of the more talked about teams in all of baseball in the, in the last couple of days, uh, they, they had a, an incident uh, on the field in their series against uh, San Diego that led to their first base coach being uh, ejected from the game. And, and that prompted uh, Alyssa Nakin, who's one of their uh, uh, assistant coaches uh, is the first female assistant coach in, in their franchise's history. But uh, she actually, once the, the first base coach got um, eject, uh, ejected, she took the field and became the first on-field female uh, base coach in Major League history. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And yeah. uh, so th there was history made there. And uh, we also have, you know, the, of course, the Giants won 107 games last year. Uh, so, you know, they, they're a very, very good team. And, uh, you know, they were kind of, uh, you know, adopted a take no prisoners approach in their, in one of the wins against, uh, the Padres, they just kept running up the score. The Padres were upset. And, uh, after the game, the, the uh, the giants said, Hey, this is how we play. We're not there to, to just win one game. We're there to win a series. We want to wear your pitching staff out. And if we're going to, and we're not, you know, we're not calling off the dogs, we're going to bunt. You know, when, when we've got, when we're nine runs up, we're going to, you know, steal bases when we're nine runs up. So it's going to be very, it could be an interesting weekend at the ballpark if that continues. Right. All of that comes down to Gabe Kapler, who's the manager in San Francisco. And he's sort of one of those guys where uh, if he's your guy, if he's your manager, you love him. And if he's not your guy, then you, you probably aren't too fond of him and, and his rhetoric and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's his approach. The, uh, the unwritten rules be damned, I guess, is, uh, is what Gabe Kapler's doing. And, you know, even though a, a lot of people might not like the way that Kapler uh, serves his tea, I guess, uh, they, they really do like the idea of just getting rid of these unwritten rules and, and playing the game to, for, you know, in a, in a fun way. And uh, it's, it's not going to go over well with a lot of people. Uh, I know uh, there there are some old school guys who are you're, you're going to see some some Giants players getting hit in the ribs and and that kind of stuff, but baseball's changing into a younger sport. There are a lot of young, enthusiastic, talented players out there who who think the same way that Kapler does. Is you know why shouldn't I be able to bunt when I'm up nine runs, or why shouldn't I be able to steal a base if you're going to give it to me? And, and the idea of wearing out relief pitchers and, and you know, in, in a, especially in a long series, in a four-game series where, you know, come that fourth game, you've got nothing left because you burned all of your relievers the first three games trying to stop the avalanche. Uh, I, 
it's going to be interesting. Yes. But it, I wonder how many fights the, uh, the, the, the giants are going to get in this year. I wonder uh, how, how many bench clearing brawls there are going to be uh, over stuff like this. Yeah, it was interesting. And, uh, you know, Kapler did say, Hey, if somebody does it to us, we, you know, we, if, if what goes around comes around and we're on the wrong end of one of those games, we understand. So we'll see, you know, it's, it's easy to say, but when it happens to you, you know, in, in real time, it, it'll be interesting to see how they react. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Joe, I mean, how many times have you seen a third base coach hold up a runner, you know, at third when, when they're up by seven or eight or 10 runs, you know, I think, you know, and, and they're, they're not going to do that. The giants aren't going to do that. But you're also talking, there might be guys with contract clauses about RBIs and, you know, you, you take away, if there's a guy at the plate who hits the ball, you know, why wouldn't you score that run for him? You're, you're doing him a disservice. Yeah, as but a teammate. I don't know. I think there's still a place for sportsmanship in the game. I think. Right. It's, it's a fine line, but you, you need guys like Kapler, I guess, to sort of kick down that door and, and then you find a balance after that. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It, it should be fun. Uh, looking forward to the home opener. Uh, tomorrow night we'll be there and uh, Hoinsey we will talk to you again on the next Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast all right Joe